This episode is about how to use a meter of any kind. So I appreciate you listening today on YouTube. You can see us on uh, anywhere you want to listen to. There's different platforms. We're on those too. We're about on everything. I think we're on TikTok and we are, Facebook. And we're on the TikTok. Yeah, we're on X or Twitter. And yeah, I, there's so many different platforms. On y'all understand? I didn't know what a podcast was in January. So the fact that we've been doing these this year, I'm like, well, this is okay. There we go. Well, I just figured out. So here's the other thing. So if you're like, hey. You guys sound a lot better the last couple. Yeah, we learned to use a microphone. <laughs> well, we have a different microphone <laughs> setup for our coaching stuff. Yeah, and then we have we've tried a couple different versions for the podcast. And yeah, we ended with this. Then but... we've had interactive screen stuff we've had to do, and that was a different headset and stuff. So yeah, yeah. As you don't know, uh, we do have a sponsor. We'd like to call our sponsor and say thank you for being part of our podcast. Are you tired today? <laughs> I am tired today. For those you don't know, I had a. This is a. This is another week. If you've listened Looking to these podcasts, yeah. If you listen to these podcasts, you're like man, sometimes you sounds half asleep because I am. Uh, I travel almost every week, and these. Uh, you change hotels every day for the last yeah, seven. That's days. That's what happens. Getting up at three a.m. every day, you're like and time zones yeah. also. So basically, what happens is we have AllenSafetyCoaching.com. Uh, the coaching part of it. Yep. One of the ideas is that I do have a headset where people can call in. And say set up a Teams call, and I actually work with them Not live. Not like a radio show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I they do it like a Teams call, and I literally yeah. talk to multiple plants at one time. But that's a different headset to be able yep. to do that service. Yep. Cool thing about the coaching side is we really work on the detail side of how to really roll this stuff out and do it at your location yep. based on whatever you are manufacturing or doing at your site. And so that answers all of the questions that we don't have time to get to in twenty minutes on this. Right. And Chip. then if you got questions on how to like, you know, even farther question. Yeah. Specific yeah. questions beyond that, you can email us and that's included in the price of membership. Yeah. We had someone a few coaching. weeks ago at six plants on one time from a company yeah. and we went over some sanitation problems. Yeah. So that's the other thing. So we've got the free email based coaching. And then we also have, if you want to do a live coaching session with us over zoom with your sure. location and other sister locations, we can do that too. So because meters, uh, this for those of you listen to the other two episodes, we've had stress episodes, meter episodes, EAP episodes, which meters tie into them. We've had hazmat yeah. response, which is meters, meters. tie into just space. about yeah. everything and everybody we work with, right. whether it's sanitation, fire departments, yeah. my maintenance teams, my Food production safety. teams. Yeah, yeah. It, it affects everybody. And we're like, that's the number one thing we deal with all the time. Yeah, so we and did the number one thing that we have errors on is calibration. And we did that last week and physically using it. Which throws it out of calibration. That's correct. The incorrect use throws the calibration off. So, for example, you have a chemical leak at a plant and you evacuate the plant. If you don't know how to use the meter correctly, did you really evacuate the right level? Yeah. Oh, we're going to release the floor. Did you use the calibration correctly? That would be my dog. <laughs> so, <laughs> he doesn't want to be left out. So, if uh, you use the calibration correctly, did the person do the process? Did they have the right training the way they used it? Did they hold the meter next to them or hold the meter where supposedly the yeah, problem was? It, was it next to their breathing zone, which is the intent, right? We're trying to measure what their exposure is to the right. chemical, not what the chemical leak is. Right. I don't care about what's coming out of the pipe or the barrel or whatever. Right. It's, I want to know what they're being exposed to because that's where the risk is to so, the human being. Right. So I wear a clip on at my uh, shirt area up top. So that could be like a... You know, it could be inside the shirt if it's a button-up shirt. The yeah, very, very they top usually of do. It. Yeah, they usually do like the top button. In yeah, between so, the first somewhere, two or maybe it's a maybe it's a or pocket a that they have it or something. But it's yeah. where they wear it. 
So I would rather them wear the size. That's correct. If I have a small clip on meter, I want them to wear it up high in the breathing zone. I do not want to wear it with the hip. If I have a meter that has a hose that measures CO or O2, I don't want that hose when I'm doing a confined space actually right at my face because every time I breathe, it could set off the meter, which has happened. <laughs> so when you're talking about using a meter, yes, the same breathing range, but there's different ways you use that meter, or you're going to just be pulling people out of the confined space all day long because you think the meters are going crazy. Yeah. So there's just different exhaling. That's yeah. So so that's what we have. So then we have so you have different ranges of meters. You can have low end meters or high end meters. You should not be using a meter for the job task you don't want to do. If you have a high-end meter that measures 10,000 parts per million and you're trying to find out if you're at 25, that, it's not true. Yeah. In my world, a high-end meter is for level three, yeah. stage three, level A hazmat response. That's correct. You can tell I'm tired it, too. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I'm wearing a cartridge mask or if I'm seeing if I need to release that's a full amount at 25, meter. that's not a high-end meter. I don't need a meter that measures 10,000 or flips over and measures percentage. Right. In the room for, you know, LEL for that specific chemical because I, I only need it to measure yep. 300 parts per million for ammonia or whatever I'm doing, chlorine. If I had the meter and the meter reads minus 20 on a multi-gas, I would think I had a bad sensor. Yeah. If it reads minus 20 on some I would of think the, someone dropped it, honestly. Yeah. If, I, if it reads minus 20 on some of the ammonia meters, they say... That that's normal because it's a for range. For the high-end meter, it's, yeah. It's range. So, yeah. So, I have actually had conversations with the reps. That's why I can say this. And I've had right. email conversations with them. And they have said, and I've got emails where they say, it cannot measure. A high-end meter with the technology of the sensor can't measure accurately at low end. That's why you get those those negative readings of, you know, minus five parts per million that's just what it is for the type of sensor. So once you get into 10,000, does it really matter if you've got 10,003 right. or 9,099? No, not really. It's it's, it's bad. That's all right. we need so to know. So the other thing it's about bad. the meter is the meter use is understanding that some meters are not measuring the actual chemical. Yeah. They're measuring VOCs, VOCs or different things. So, so yep. when someone says, well, I have a meter that measures chemical one. Go That's back and validate if it is. Yeah, yeah. Find out if it's VOC or is actually chemical. Yeah. So now I go back. So to, because they will also go off if you have like paint thinner that you're absolutely. using. You can have natural paint, gas. Maybe I'm going around and I'm painting all of my ammonia pipes, or I'm painting the the cement thing so that you don't run into the building, right. and I'm making it look nice because we got corporate coming. It, it, you've got your meter out there; it'll set it off, or it'll right. it'll start picking up. I've had natural stuff. gas in the plants that is set off ammonia meters. Yeah. The wall sensors. Yeah. I've had, you know, where people will get a CO meter, CO sensor. Carbon and monoxide. It, and they want to use dioxide. it for CO2. No. And it's not one-to-one. No. I mean, it's it's not that it won't pick stuff up. But it's it not true. It's not the same. There's right. a reason why so they have different So you want to use the for meter for that type of chemical if you can. Yep. And then you also need to have in your meters, there's a difference between a meter being used in a confined space like CO2, it leave the area, yeah. then a meter being used CO2 in a wall unit during production that's got lots of ventilation and you're fine. Well, and I think the other part of it is is where you, if for those stationary meters, where you put them. You're correct. Don't put the stationary meter exactly where the stuff exhaust and there's no humans for another 50 feet. Yeah, I want to know what the human is breathing because that's what I need to use to measure my PEL and my long-term exposures over the course of their shift. That's correct. So the other thing about the meter is the meter use, they have batteries. Mm -hmm. And I spend a lot of my hours of my life 
breathing slowly because I get so aggravated the battery dies. I'm like, how's how this battery? How's this how battery? <laughs> After everything I went through today, I'm fighting a battery issue. Like, like get the good batteries. Don't <laughs> get the ones that you you know you discount. No, the batteries. point of it is that there's different kinds of batteries. There's some you plug in, which means now you're using this meter. As you use this meter, all of a sudden the meter does not last because the battery's bad. But it takes five hours to recharge it. Well, now you're down five hours waiting on waiting. to charge the battery. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's how it goes there. So, and, well, and I think the other thing is, like, some of them are plug-in, some of them are actual, you know, regular battery that you can take out too. So correct. you got to kind of decide what you're going to do based on that too. Do you want to manage that or not? Battery packs and all that. Correct. So that the, the so managing the battery life at some of my locations, especially in the morning, I get there some mornings. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to do the project, project seven, find space, plant, training, whatever it is. And and we get ready to go and like, well, the meter's not charged. It'll take three hours. That could throw your whole day off now because now I'm waiting three hours for this thing. I'm like, how did we not charge this yesterday? So it's, so it's not also about the battery charging. It's about keeping it charged when you need to use it. If you have a plant, for example, and you say, hey, it smells weird out here. <clears throat> bring, a, bring a meter out to check it. And you say, well, the meter is not charged. I can't come out there. You're not supposed to be working in that area. Once the employee if, complains, yeah. you should be like, well, then we need to pause yeah. until we get a meter out here. So that meter charging is worth way more than just an hour of charging. Yeah. It can affect your production. It can affect employee exposure. Affect well, and stuff. that goes back to how many do you buy? Right. How are you managing? Where are you keeping them stored at? Because I've seen some stored in trailers or you they know, never get other, charged. Yeah, yeah, because they don't have power to it. Right. So now the use and the storage start to relate back and forth. Yeah. So the way you store that that unit and the way you use that unit and where where you mount that unit and the exposure. Also, you don't want to have a meter. That you say is going to be setting in a room and say it's on because you leave it on for whatever reason, but it's always being exposed to the environments. Well, that could mess up your meter and throw it a little bit off. So, well, and I, I think that it's going to change your sensor life also yeah. because I, there's there's the point of it's still like filtering it yes. stuff. And so they're taking comes a readings point basically. Where, yeah. So yeah. it's it's not the calibration. It's the, that sensor kind of like a APR cartridge. It just, it only has a certain amount of life. And so you may find that if you start doing that and you're not actually using it, it's just there. Right. You may be replacing those sensors more often, which is a cost. And I know that everybody's looking for cost savings and that might be one. So use of meters. Another thing is, do you have a wall unit or handheld? Well, if a wall unit, a lot of people will say like in a compressor room, they'll put one up where the exhaust fans are. And that's fine. But I also like to have one low where I'm walking. Now, I'm not saying the exhaust fan was not important, whether it be regulatory standards or industry standards or exhaust. Great. I'm also talking about I'm doing daily work in there. And if I'm doing daily work, I like to have one low. This shows what I'm being exposed the, to yeah, daily. The intention, we can't get lost in, in the weeds that the intent of why we have so many sensors is I want to know what my employees are being exposed to, and if they're at risk and I need to either add more ventilation, change the air changes in a Correct. room, I need to, you know, maybe do some engineering fixes right. if I've got leaks, or I need to, you know, put a mask on them, have yeah. some respiratory protection. I've got, that's my number one way I'm going to look at that in addition to maybe an IH survey. Right. But so you can have a nitrogen injecting system and, and it ejects into like mixer blenders. 
where you're going to have a certain amount of CO2 or nitrogen, whatever system you use, that's not going to go in the unit. So yeah. the amount of exhaust and the amount of volume you need to pull, you may have a wall unit to make sure the, the air, do, including when the machine's not running right, it's a detector to show you the machine's starting to have a problem because the, it's not pulling the air that it should. Well, and that's the thing, because if I have too intensive ventilation to pull that gas out of that unit, I'm also starting to pull product. And now I've got some issues with product being thrown and food safety issues and pest control issues based on how aggressive that ventilation is, it right? Can, it can be, it can and be where the, the ventilation is going. It can be the smoke of the ventilation. You'll, you'll, you'll have sometimes, you'll have people will have sensors on different air units on roofs, for example, and, and they'll put a sensor in for use on one unit, but maybe not another. But it's about the risk. It's about the exposure. Yeah. Now, now, how was another way to manage it? If I have people who flat out say on this podcast, if you work in rendering or H2S or a wastewater area, get a clip on meter. Just have because that if you work in refrigeration, get a clip on monitor meter. Because what you can do then is you can you can be your mobile. So there's a wall unit, then there's a handheld for problems, and then there's a work product mobile unit. And I like using the work product one if they're mobile because I can't always guarantee when the exposure is changing. Maybe well, air or wind or fans or anything. Chemical injection in the stage that it is and breaking down when I inject chemicals into certain Correct. processes the breakdown process can have off gases. Yeah. And so, you know, based on where the product is, when that part of the, the process chemical reaction chain happens, I mean, may or may not have a sensor there. Correct. Yeah. And I may say, you know, this particular product or this particular chemical, the sign and symptoms is you're tired. Well, everybody, Who isn't? I, I'm half asleep. It feels like some days. And then the other side of it is you may have a headache. Well, if you, do time zone changes like I did and just change the air and this time was bad. I have a headache. So I that means coached, I'm exposed by the chemical. I just coached 14 little girls in soccer. Yeah. I have a headache. Yeah. So <laughs> she was chemically exposed. Like, I don't know. Maybe we need a meter for that. But the point of it is, is that the P a PSA, thank you to all of the volunteers and our teachers. <laughs> yes. All right. So anyway, the point of it is that when you're using a meter, they do have a function. But you need to evaluate the way you're going to use it and the reason you're using it. And it may go back to the other episodes and change the what you buy and yeah. change the way you calibrate based on the way you use. Because the whole goal of any of these meters is in-use injury reduction. Yep. In-use risk reduction. Yep. I so don't, it's got to meet it's that. It's not how much of the product I'm using. It's how much of the product is escaping and my employees are being exposed to whatever that whatever is. Whatever it is. Yeah. So I'm always into, so every time I have any kind of event, we use a meter. Yep. And even though, so for example, a few years ago, I had H2S and, and people said to me, well, there's three different holes in the parking lot. Basically, we had a, like a drain pipe uh, system in the parking lot, you know, wastewater goes to or runoff goes to whatever. Everybody has different holes in their parking lots yep, or, or grass systems. lines. And you see, you pull yep. up the plant, like what are all these different holes around? Well, anything that even looks close to a confined space, no matter how deep it is, I always take a meter reading. Oh, yeah. And, you and, have no idea what yeah, crawled and, in there. But people will tell you so much of my life, well, it's only in the parking lot. I'm like, yeah, but you don't know. You have no idea what's, what's in there. going on there. Well, no. and it, like, so I've seen where you'll have a trench drain at the back of some of the docks. Sure. And whatever's in the back of that truck, when it gets loaded up, sure. it, it can run out into and that rot. trench drain. And rot. <laughs> yeah. Or if it's chemicals yeah. or whatever, it, it rolls out that's of the back of that truck. And, and I don't know what that is. And then that's connected mm -hmm. to other pits in the parking lot. Right. So now I go into a room and the room has multiple things in it. 
what a part of what I have to do with my use of a meter is I should be looking at on the front end what chemicals or items are in that room. Two parts. One, what's the mixture going to be? Two, could the volume be bad for the meter I'm going to be using? And three, if they had a fire, is it going to change? So yeah. there's also the part where you have a fire and it's released from the fire department. And then you're managing it for the next two days. So you may be looking at different meter use that you're needing to release that area. Because we've had that. We've had fires and we go in and then we say, okay, we have ammonia meter. That's fine. But what about all these other rooms full of chemicals or full of ranch? How do we release those areas? Well, like from the fire side, when something burns, the chemical, it, it right. changes. It changes right. the properties of that. And it gives off different gases and now it's got different hazards. I mean, that's why they wear air packs. Right. So we had we had an event years ago where we had a fire and we had some confined spaces in that room. And, you know, when we went back in afterwards, uh, our biggest thing was, yes, we looked at all the same hazards for the confined space. But we Structural also. Structural and, and yes, all that. But we also said we're going to take more readings than we ever have. Because we don't know if everything is okay after the fire. Yeah. So could and you do we even need to look at something like adding ventilation to it? Does it That's make correct. it better or worse? Do we do we want to put a mask on them or not? Is that better or worse? Should we? Should That's we correct. not? Now you could have you could also have off gas from product decom decomposing. Mm -hmm. uh, we work in food industry, so what will happen in food industry is is that something will break. And, and and normally you would never use a meter for that area because it was always fine. You know, the wall unit says it's fine. The handheld says it's fine forever. You never had a problem. But if that machinery breaks and product sets there too long or gets mixed too long or gets in the wrong state or thrown outside or something weird happens, like a truck overturns, whatever. Or we've got like it, the weather changes, the environment changes, Absolutely. you know, whatever. It, if the, if something changes in that room, that can also affect the, the temperatures and environments in there. Or maybe I have a continuous run and I don't don't have time to do a wash down or something. Sure. So I can, so that meter, that meter using that meter, I'm not... I'm not just deciding what meter we use, but I need to look at those conditions. So there's a lot of times I use a meter when I'm on a property. Like last week, I was at a plant just walking around. Let's we just went, see where we're at. I, I just took the meter with me, multi-gas. Yeah. And people said, what did you want this for? Because we went to the boiler room. And you know what? I want to see if there's any CO. And they're like, well, why would you check that for the boiler room? Because I know through history, I've walked into boiler rooms and there's well, been CO. off. Yeah. So, but there's no, but there's nothing they're doing right or wrong that day. I just want to know. Where I just at. take it with me. So it part tells, of it tells me part of the story, right? So what I do is if I'm doing a plant tour, one of the things I will do is anywhere I possibly think there could be exposure, I do that every plant. I may say bring ammonia meter out. Let's check levels today. Let's take it as we go for our plant tour outside. Let's take it. We go to wastewater and validate also that the meter I'm using is matching the stuff they are saying. Yeah. So if that, I may have had hygiene surveys, but Correct. You know, sometimes when I have product changes or chemical changes or stuff sits too long or, you know, whatever, I have a change and I don't necessarily capture that I Correct. need to redo an IH survey because I'm not thinking that that was affected. Correct. Sometimes it can be, though. So what I do. Quality of water can affect stuff. Right, so what I'll do is if I go, say I go to wastewater and, and they're wearing an H2S meter, I will still take a multi-gas and validate theirs is right. Well, yeah. Do I have to? No. Is there well, anything saying not, it? No. That's I'm just checking. Not, that's typically not on any kind of plant safety tour, plant inspection, audit. I mean, like, I generally don't see that on, on anything that's ever checked. It's like, well, we did an IH survey and we have meters on right. them. But how do you know? Right. So for me, during the year, because things change, my, and we live in emergency status a lot of times. Chaos. We only have really we live two, in chaos. <laughs> we only have two jobs. We have the problem or we have ahead of the problem. 
But a lot of times we learned our tricks ahead of the problem because of the problem. Yeah. So what we do is we take that knowledge and we try to push it on the front end. Like we have, we have a class I did this week called emergency management. All it is is managers knowing how to manage stuff on the front end. Well, every example I gave was an event I worked. Well, one of the things we did was talk about meters. We talked about how often do you walk through an area and just take a random sample to make sure everything's running right. And Most it, people it, say never. Yeah, because they did the IE survey. Yeah. So in my world... I take it because maybe your propane forklifts are not running right. Or maybe your yeah. ventilation was different the day you did the ice survey than it normally is. Here's the or number whether- one thing that I know. Everything the last couple of years has been a little off. Right. Like So whether it's the service that our locations are getting or whether it's the process that happens. Or the timeline. Or the, timelines, or the or- equipment itself. Everything's yeah. a hint off, so I don't think it hurts to double check. Stuff. I don't either. So for everybody who's going to meet me in the next few months, you just need to know and be like, go grab a meter because I've been doing that a lot because I'm just it's interesting when we're spot checking systems, how many one-offs we're finding. Well, and, I tried and- to do it an entry into a mixer blender a while back, and there was no CO2 injection in that room. Right. But my I grabbed two different CO2 meters, and they both alarmed they were over right so i had to go do an entry for training and something else yeah you can't say well we're just gonna go we're so i don't believe there it. is <laughs> sorry <laughs> two 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 meters are wrong <laughs> shouldn't be right. there shouldn't so, be there so that's what i'm gonna get close out with this a meter is what you believe first if you don't believe in that meter you get another one and then and if, if you still think something's off and you have a third one available get a third one but the thing is re- using the meter is more than just walking out and using it make yeah. sure you have a training on it make sure you know how to wear it make sure you know how to carry it and validate it, it have training on how to tell if it's been properly calibrated or not right also. and you then, gotta know that and then when you use that meter use it as in multiple things it's not just for one thing it's it not tells you it, a it story and a picture of a room or a concept or an idea yep. and use that as part of your story don't rely on your senses yep. always use a meter if you have a question oh absolutely no i can tell you if you have allergies like i do it's ragweed season there are no senses there's no sense of smell so yeah meters first yep, meters first. all right that's we're gonna close out with this anything else jen no Have a beautiful week, everybody. Thank you you for listening to Safe, Efficient, Profitable, a worker safety podcast. If you're looking for more in-depth discussions or step-by-step solutions on all of the different safety and regulatory topics, please visit us at www.allensafetycoaching.com for web-based virtual coaching and training or at www.allen-safety.com to book our team for on-site services, training sessions, to order merchandise, to learn more about our team and what services we provide in the field, or just simply to request a topic for us to cover on our next podcast. If you found today's podcast helpful and would like to support our podcast further, please help us by subscribing, liking, and sharing this podcast with anyone that could benefit from the information we cover here as that helps us to continue to put out this free content. Thank you so much for your support.